Uh, are you good to go now? Yeah, absolutely. Yo, welcome to my summer layer. I am Sam Yunin. Uh, we can just kind of roll. We're just gonna talk about the uh, the debut album uh, by the Slice, and uh, we'll talk about comedy. We'll talk about Vancouver, and we'll have a good time. And then that'll be it. Sounds good. Okay, sure. Sounds great. So we'll just get into the the, the fun stuff. Sure. By the Slice, uh, your debut comedy album. It opens with your quest to be a badass, and yet named Stewart. Do you feel that the quarantine, the lockdown, has given you a better handle on that? Like, are you going to merge as a badass who's named Stuart? Oh, oh no, definitely not. I will, <laughs> my personality hasn't changed at all. I mean, I have been trying to, uh, you know, do some exercise, but uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not a badass, but I do play one on the internet. Okay, so, so you've kind of accepted your fate is basically what you're saying. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I think I think that if your name is Stuart and you end up uh, becoming a badass, they probably give you a different name, mm-hmm. you know, or they call you, you know, like like Big Stew or something. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, no one. Uh, I, I don't think anyone says the the name Stuart with a with fear attached to it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you're not, and your quest is not to like initiate that to be the first Stuart that people fear. You don't think that's possible? No, no. I'll leave it. I'll leave it to someone else for sure. Okay. Um, let it be their quest. The thing was, uh, people always said that I looked like a Stuart, and so I uh, <laughs> tried to just work that into a joke, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Do people fear you online when you play video games? Uh, and like, because you have a Twitch account, right? Yeah. I do play, um, I have played video games. I, I, I kind of started, sort of grew up on the internet a little bit, uh, that in the card shop. But uh, I uh, play a little bit. Right now, I've just been playing uh, Magic on, online. and um, But at the moment, my uh, internet isn't really uh, strong enough for me to do any streaming, although I do want to do a lot of streaming in the future because, um, it's fun. It's fun to just play magic and play whatever and have people watch. So we've covered in just a few minutes, we've covered uh, that you play video games, that you like to do streaming and Twitch. Um, and that this is, I guess, partly why your bio, it starts off with these six words. Stuart Jones is an adult nerd. So are these the things that qualify you to make you a nerd or is there additional uh, nerd qualities that you have? <laughs> I think it's just, yeah, the, the history with... Um, uh, playing magic cards and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, playing lots of video games. But that's uh, what I think mostly is. But I'm also very tidy. I don't know if that's considered nerdy. <laughs> yeah, that counts, yeah. Would, what about your crane uh, machine skills? Would those qualify as a nerd trade? Sorry, my what? Your crane machine skills. You posted it on Instagram that you're really good with oh. the uh, crane uh, machine, right? Where you can kind of uh, use a claw then to pick up a stuffed animal or stuffed toy. Absolutely. So um, I would. Uh, I used to play Friday Night Magic every single Friday for about ten years. And right beside the card shop, there was a you know convenience store that had one of those crane machines. So just over the years, I uh, played it. You know, every single week. And I've ended up winning about a hundred, over a hundred. That was a long time ago. I've been giving them all away. But uh, yeah, uh, the place is running comedy now. It's um, it has a crane machine, and I, I still got the skills, like riding a bike, you know. <laughs> 
is this uh, kind of like you consider this like a backup plan just in case the comedy doesn't work out then you can kind of just go touring like North America and just kind of like living off uh, things that you get from the Korean machines? Maybe. I mean, my my dad's a you know, that I should uh, perhaps look into actually trying to become a crane operator. <laughs> Apparently he doesn't have much faith in my comedy. But uh, no, I don't, I don't think I'm going to make too much out of this i'll tell you what the trick is though this is a trick that was for you and oh this is good yeah yeah give me um, the, give me the dirt okay here's the thing when you when you drop the crane you can't the crane can't really pick up anything right you can't rely on it to pick anything up so what you got to do is you got to just look for things that are kind of stacked up at the back mm-hmm. and then just move the crane to the back and then hook the thing and then try to pull it into the machine, right into the hole. So most of the times, you uh, you don't even you don't even win one. Like you win the prizes before dropping the crane, right? Yeah. Uh, and you can kind of sometimes use the crane to push something if it's on the edge. But I'll tell you another secret, James. <laughs> this is what I did for the most recent one. Okay. Um, this is good stuff. Thing, the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my true passion, apparently. Um, the first thing I won in that crane machine was a selfie stick. Mm-hmm. And then I won one of the stuffed animals, and the other one was just on the edge, mm-hmm. but I was over coins. So then I used the selfie stick to get it. I, I stuck the selfie stick in the machine. <laughs> And yeah. expanded it and used it to hook and win the other one. Uh, okay. I think that's, I, don't, I don't think that's against the rules, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to ask about... to win another time. Yeah, I was going to ask about the ethics of that, because doesn't that violate some sort of crane machine ethics, or is that legal? You You know, I don't think I've ever met these mystery people who stuff the crane machine, <laughs> but if I do, uh, I'll maybe let them know not to put selfie sticks in there. Yeah. You're basically, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of incentivizing it, right? Yeah, technically it's their fault when you put it that way. It is their fault. Yeah, I didn't come with a selfie stick intending to rob a stuffed animal. <laughs> <laughs> and when you give away these stuffed animals, do you name them first or you just give them away and then let the person that that receives it, they can get to name the animal? Uh, no, I, I've never named any of them. Like, I started winning them and then not knowing what to do with them, and it was kind of just a novelty. Mm-hmm. And then I remember in, like, 12th grade in high school, they had one of those, like, food bank donation things, so I just donated all of them that I had because it was kind of weird that they were in my room to begin with, right? People yeah. were like, what's with all this stuffed animals? And I'm like, oh, I win them in a crane machine. <laughs> People don't believe you. <laughs> so, um, so I gave them all away, and so I always give them away, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. In this most recent batch, I gave one to uh, another comic um, because he gave me the two me to play, so that's only fair. And I think he was going to give it to his girlfriend. And then the other one uh, I gave to a dog who uh, ripped it apart within the hour. So it was a good time. Yeah, that is a good time. Uh, speaking of good time, though, uh, we have to refer back to your uh, album, your comedy debut album, By the Slice. <laughs> <laughs> we can't just talk about the the crane machine. Although the strategies are good now, I'm really gonna have to like focus on my uh, crane machine game now. Now that you've uh, inspired me. But going back to your comedy album uh, debut, "By the Slice," the common expression is that sex is like pizza, right? When it's bad, it's still pretty good. That's how this whole thing goes. So, is comedy like pizza, or 
I, I guess I guess sex for that matter too. But is comedy like pizza? <laughs> is comedy like pizza? Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think so. You know, I think you know. I've never. I've never seen pizza so bad that I've had to leave the room immediately. <laughs> <laughs> right. If pizza always delivers. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, comedy does not always deliver. You know, pizza. I think when you're, you know, when you're stumbling home at three in the morning and you're drunk, no one's ever like, you know what I can go for right now? Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think there's a difference there. Yeah, because this is your debut album. Like, how long have you been working on this on this material for? Well, some of it is a mix of uh, older stuff. Like, it's a mix of older stuff and newer stuff. Um, uh, so, uh, but I've been doing, I started doing comedy in 2010, and I never really knew what I was kind of building towards. And then just the opportunity to make an album came out. So I did uh, some of my best material at the time, and, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. Mm-hmm. In Van City, in the comedy scene, you're known as the pizza comic, which I think is what partly inspired the the name Bite a Slice, right? Is it strange to be the pizza comic in Vancouver, which has like a reputation for like being vegan and vegetarian? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I don't know if I really live up to that uh, 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 moniker anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there's another great pizza comedian there. Oh no! Um, but what, <laughs> They're stealing yeah, your stick. When I first started, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> Copycat. <laughs> but when I first started in in Kelowna, I had uh, like jokes about pizza and stuff, and so that's how uh, that sort of came to be. And then when I moved to Vancouver, uh, you know, some of my best bits were about pizza. So I kind of developed that reputation. But when I moved to Vancouver, it was 2013. And I was only uh, three years into comedy. And even then, there wasn't a whole lot of comedy in Kelowna. You know, there was two weekly shows, occasionally three. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I got a lot better, and I, you know, developed a lot more material in Vancouver. But I still do eat a lot of pizza. And sometimes on my Twitch stream, um, I, I, I had a friend donate to me because I have a donate button, and all the donations go towards me uh, ordering pizza. So sometimes I uh, order pizza live on stream. Oh, okay. So people have that to look forward to once you kind of get better Wi-Fi, better internet. Yeah, exactly. People look forward to buying me pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speaking of Vancouver, though, like, uh, by the slice, some of the topics include, like, news and politics where you talk about Trudeau, uh, taking the bus, homelessness, astrology and vegans, like... You were away from uh, Vancouver, from BC for a while, right? Like, did coming back home give you a newer and deeper appreciation for your home province? Oh, um, you mean uh, at what point? Like, like I started comedy out in uh, BC, or you were playing something else? Oh yeah, I thought you had moved to like Ontario for a little bit, or was that just a joke? Oh, oh yes, no, I did. Uh, oh right, I forgot. <laughs> you really listened to the album. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was. I thought yeah, that was a serious I, bit, though. I thought that part was serious. The rest of it was foolishness, but I thought that was serious. It is. Well, it is based on. Uh, it is based on a, a real thing. I did move to uh, Ontario. I did uh, my post-secondary out there. I was living in uh, Kingston, 
And uh, so, and I did at, the, at one point when I moved there, I was like, wait a second, I could change, because I had met a few people who were who had gone by their uh, middle names. And I was like, I could do that. No one knows who I am. But then I figured it would be too much of a hassle. So, yeah. So that's the real story behind that. <laughs> there we go. So that's what I was asking. So like, then coming back to Vancouver and going back to BC, right? Uh, because like I said, the topics on the album are like taking the bus, homelessness, astrology, and vegans, things like that, which are commonly associated with BC uh, and with Vancouver. So did coming back home give you a newer and deeper appreciation for your home province? Oh, certainly. Well, I mean, when I came back from from Ontario, I initially moved back to my hometown of Kelowna, and that gave me a lot of perspective as well, because Kelowna is a very beautiful place. You know, it's right on a lake. It has amazing summers. But, you know, if you grow up here, like, you'll meet people who just, like, complain about Kelowna all the time, because they haven't really seen, you know, the rest of the country. Um, you know, once you go through, like, the freezing rain in Kingston <laughs> and just, like, all the, all the you know, the salt everywhere, right, because you're just slipping otherwise, and it's mm-hmm. like that for, you know, five or six months, then you come back to Kelowna and you go, you know what, it really is nice here. Um, but in terms of Vancouver, Vancouver was kind of my first venture into sort of living in the, uh, in the big city sort of thing, because uh, Kelowna is not that big of a place, like, in Vancouver, you suddenly had to learn, like, directions, you know, like, east and west. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, that was important. Yes. And, uh, you know, the difference between uh, avenues and streets. Yeah. <laughs> like, none of this ever uh, happened in my mind, right? And, and it was really even the first time I, I had to, like, really rely on, on public transit as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there is a lot in the, in the you know, you can't... Uh, Ignore the uh, the homeless uh, as much as some people try. You know, mm-hmm. you see them a lot in Vancouver. Um, and I was uh, when I moved to Vancouver, I got rid of my car and I was just on the bus all the time, the skyplane. So yeah, and sometimes that's where you do your best writing. Yeah, I could imagine. And Vancouver too, also in terms of directions, helps you because there's an ocean, so you kind of know you've gone too far when you hit water. Oh, don't, you're overestimating my sense of direction. It's really bad. It's really bad. Like, I'm probably one of the few people who's actually used the Compass app on their phone. And I'm not a hiker. I would just get lost. How do you get, how do you not get lost when you're playing video games? Don't you have to like go through different rooms and floors and um, levels and things like that? Or you can just kind of navigate or you just get just as lost in a video game? Oh, I get pretty lost. I try to avoid anything that's a, a bit too open world. I like the game that's like, you can go down, left or up, you know, and not one that's like in any direction and that sort of thing. Oh yeah, I've definitely gotten lost in video games before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So you you understand your strengths and you understand your weaknesses basically is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I need a I definitely need a map mm-hmm. on me at all times. Another bit that was on the um by the slice comedy album is fantasy pizza. <laughs> Can you explain what fantasy pizza is? Oh yeah, fantasy pizza. Well it's like fantasy sports, right? Mm-hmm. You know what fantasy sports are, right? Yeah. Well you have like a fa- a fictional team well like you draft real players, but you have a fictional team, basically. 
and then you hope that they do yeah, well. So, yeah, so I don't play sports. So I go on the Domino's website and I play fantasy pizza, and I design my dream lineup, you know, and it's a great time. <laughs> and so should I also be surprised, since we have been talking about uh, Vancouver and British Columbia, did you film the comedy special called Save the Planet already? It's with seven different comedians. That's correct? Uh, yeah, that was the... Um, actually, I'm just hearing from them right now because they said that it was going to come out on July 29th, but now they're telling me it's delayed. Uh, uh, but maybe <laughs> maybe that's not worth recording. Um, yeah, so Save the Plan already. It was filmed at the Kino, and the Kino is a great comedy venue in Vancouver. It's, it runs like the longest-running... Uh, independent show. It's been going on for about 13 or 14 years. The, the whole place should have like a documentary about it. It's amazing, you know. Um, but uh, Steve Allen, who runs it, uh, he knows some people who produce different uh, shows and that sort of thing, and they wanted to uh, record something. So the Green Channel is a streaming service, and uh, all of its content is, you know, environmental related, so uh, documentaries, things like that. And they wanted to uh, produce some of their own content, and they wanted to try and produce something a bit more lighthearted because most of the things on the uh, channel are just different ways about how the planet is being destroyed. So they, <laughs> they need a couple of jokes, comedy. basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So something a bit lighthearted. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, it it was definitely a, a weird thing to get approached with, but you know that's uh, that's the fun of show business. <laughs> yeah. So how does that and, work uh, then? Like, do you like do you mock the polar ice caps from melting, or like how, how do you make like environmental jokes then? Um, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't easy, but you know there is there is something a bit easier about um, you know if you tell a comedian to write a joke about anything, mm -hmm. they kind of don't know where to start. But if you say you know, write a joke about forest fires, then at least you have sort of a starting point. And, and so you can map out, like, uh, when it comes to the environment, there's so many different issues, right? You can talk about greenhouse gases, or you can talk about, uh, uh, you can do some wordplay related to Mother Earth, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you can do uh, something about, uh, yeah, ice camps, melting, all that sort of stuff. So... There is a lot to uh, work with, but it was odd to sort of write for something that you know, only would be, you know, performed a few times and then and then kind of never again. Well, you're not going to recycle it? See what I did there? <laughs> I think, <laughs> believe it or not, I believe the Green Channel people are against the recycling of jokes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, words out. So then if this does well, then I guess this is not something that you would kind of like follow up with or like do a I don't know a roast of mother nature or something like that that's a good idea I could definitely uh, pitch it to the guy um, <laughs> yeah I mean let's let's see if uh, how this works out uh, I think um, you know if, if you go to the green channel I think you're able to get a, uh, a free trial mm -hmm. you go to the, the, the website I think it's the, the green channel TV um, but yeah there's a lot of different you know there isn't a lot of I watched one thing, one of their documentaries to try and get some inspiration. And uh, it was about how, um, I guess, at the end of the First World War, 
all the uh, major countries around the world, they dumped a bunch of mustard gas and other sorts of uh, chemical weapons into the, 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 the coastline around the ocean. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but because it's illegal to do that, they kind of all globally denied doing it. <laughs> so, so apparently there's just canisters of mustard gas, you know, hidden all throughout uh, the coast. And um, uh, so that was a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine, yeah. Who are your influences? I know that's kind of a corny question, but like, listen to your album by the slice. Because you do like very ordinary li- slice of life, basically, type of comedy, which kind of more Seinfeldian. But I don't know if Seinfeld would necessarily be an influence. So who's an influence for you? Right. Yeah. Well, my I think my favorite comedian is is Doug Stanhope, and and I really like the uh, the kind of storyteller, social commentary, long form, very funny, good use of language that like people like Stanhope and, and Dave Chappelle uh, have. But I, at the same time, I recognize that I don't think that's my style, mm-hmm. and so I also was influenced by people like Jim Gaffigan and Brian Regan, uh, you know, who could just like be funny and make jokes about dumb things, you know? Yeah, like Jim Gaffigan's Hot Pockets kind of bit. Yeah, and not just that, uh, you know, it's not just the Hot Pockets, it's just like 40 minutes on food and different, (laughs) you know, it's like he just sat in his kitchen and just looked around and read the entire special, right? Yeah, so I think he has that whole... That's like the... Yeah, that whole bit on, like, cake and pie and whatever, and he keeps going back and forth between the two. Yeah, yeah. And I remember the first time I saw Brian Regan was, was like, with a group of friends, just just over at a friend's place, and, uh, and, you know, the parents were watching, and it was just so universally funny to everyone. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw him at the Orpheum in Vancouver, um, the, there was like a, a, a three-generation family sitting in front of me, you know, like parents, the, the 10 and the 8-year-old and the grandparents, wow. all like watching and having a great time. And you go like, wow, this guy is, is the best, right? Mm-hmm. So as important as it is to sometimes have a, a message uh, not everyone can do that very well. <laughs> and some people just want to laugh at the stuff. So uh, I'm, I'm a little uh, conflicted between both. But uh, that, I think that's because I have both of those, you know, those, those inspirations, right? Yeah, that makes sense now when you say it like that. Do you miss the, the live stage? I assume you haven't been on the stage for a little while now, right? With the quarantine and the virus and everything kind of going on. Well, um, right now, at the beginning of April, I moved back to Kelowna. And then uh, we were fortunate enough to have the place that runs comedy open back up uh, mid-June. And so I was doing comedy, uh, I think the first show back was June 11th. Oh, nice. And yeah, I definitely, you know, I, I definitely missed the stage. And I, I went back right away and, you know, and did every single show I possibly could. But then, unfortunately, over the July 1st holidays, there was a sort of an uptick, or they call it the Kelowna Cluster. <laughs> and uh, since then, the uh, bar has uh, shut down the comedy again. So we're back to no comedy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I was glad to have had the chance to get back on stage. Um, I know that a lot of people have been 
you know, other, other comedians have been saying, you know, I don't know if I miss it. You know, I don't know if I go back. This is giving me perspective. I definitely missed it, and I went back right away. What are the elements of it that you miss? Like just the actual like interaction with the audience, or like just the smell of the room. What is it that you miss? Yeah, that's interesting. I think it's um, I think it is just the environment in a way, you know, because there's different forms of comedy, right? With all the, you know, like with the sketch comedy and and the stuff that you can do on the internet. I know some people were doing like the Zoom comedy shows and, and, uh, you know, I wasn't a fan of those, although I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to knock anyone who, who, who does it or, you know, at least they did something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but that, you know, having done those made it so clear to me how important the environment is for, you know, to do stand up to be a bit elevated, to have the mic, to have a crowd, right? Like, you need that sort of crowd, and you need them to really be there live. Yeah, and it helps, I find. Uh, like, I don't do comedy, but I know have other friends who do, and I find that it helps them, obviously, refine the material. Because you can kind of have a couple of premises or some ideas in your head, and then you just kind of need to go and see if it connects, if people get it, um, and kind of work through the material that way. Yeah, absolutely, because I uh, got a chance in my first show back, I got a chance to try out some new material, um, and uh, and it felt great, you know, just to figure out what lines, you know, what really works, um, you know, what parts have potential. And it's like, even if you think of, you know, the funniest friend in your group, it's like that person still needs the group around in order to be funny right mm-hmm. like yeah. you, you know how anyone who's hung out with a group of friends knows that, that that group is is where you know it, it just kind of keeps ramping up sort of thing and with stand-up comedy it's totally the same although all that you know we had a bunch of comedians there and most of them stayed for the show and watched the entire show because they all were you know wanting to laugh and and had that sort of uh that, that feeling as well yeah, and you also need that that that, uh, that uh, I guess that humiliation too when you think something's really funny with that group of friends and you make the joke or you make the comment and then it falls flat like a belly flops basically into the pool. Uh, you need that uh, like just to kind of like keep your ego in check a little bit too. Yeah, especially because sometimes you think that that's what what people are gonna laugh at, and then they don't. And then you, you know, and then they laugh at the thing that you thought they weren't going to laugh at. And so, yeah, absolutely, the, the feedback is, is critical. So, as we said, the debut album, your debut comedy album, By the Slice, uh, is set for August 24. Um, is it going to be weird that you can kind of like, I don't know, go on a tour or promote it or something? You can't, you may not be able to do some of the traditional things to promote a comedy album. Is that kind of weird, or are you just hoping that people will still find it like on Spotify and other places? Yeah, I, well, I've been planning out some, uh, you know, some alternative things. I want to start um, when the album comes out. I want to start releasing some clips and a bit more content, uh, and hopefully, you know, get back into the streaming because now I'll actually sort of have a spot to direct people. 
because, you know, I could direct people to my website. You can check out stewardjokes.com. It's very <laughs> much there, right? <laughs> I would rather people listen to the album. So yeah. once the album comes out, yeah, I'm going to try and uh, use all those internet skills that I've learned over the years to uh, try to promote it, promote it that way. Are your internet skills as good as your crane machine skills? <laughs> um, well, I'm trained in IT, so uh, I'll say yes to that. Okay. Uh, we're better. Just in case this whole comedy thing is a fan, oh, i got to go back to work in IT. <laughs> I'm still employable. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. You mentioned your website. Where else can people find you online to talk about pizza and crane machines and comedy? Uh, well, I'm on all the social media as uh, Stuart Jokes. That's S-T-U-A-R-T-J-O-K-E-S. And I'm hoping to, um, yeah, start releasing some things. Probably just uh, uh, do more Twitch streams coming up in the future. Uh, I'll admit I don't throw out a lot of content on the uh, Instagram and the Twitter and those sorts of things um, at the moment. Uh, and and I have this weird feeling that, that kind of social media in general might be on the at the tipping point. I don't know if he's, you know, there's something weird about it these days. And so I kind of want to back off from it a lot. Um, but, but that being said, uh, you can just look at Stuart Jokes and uh, hopefully follow me on Twitch. That would be great. Yeah, I think what you're saying about social media, I think the problem was that when the quarantine and the lockdown happened, people were basically left with like 24-hour news. So they were either watching CNN or Fox, depending on their perspective. And then this constant stream on Twitter and Facebook. So neither option was really that healthy. They were kind of left with like pop culture junk food, basically. <laughs> and so I think people are kind of now realized that like uh, they haven't really been eating healthy for the last few months. I think this is what you're kind of alluding to, if I'm correct. And so it's like almost like they want to do a diet or kind of like do one of those like hippie f fasts or whatever. Is that kind of correct? Um, yeah, I think it's just like over the years, it seems like it's been um, slowly driving people crazy. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And some, that's of those sort of, some, of, some of those fruits are kind of starting to blossom or whatever the saying is. Because, you know, on Facebook, you get memories from 10 years ago. And, <laughs> and it's cute because now you're all so, like, innocent, you know. And compared to, like, what you see of people, these diatribes and arguments that people are on, you know. Like, like it's just never-ending, it seems. Mm -hmm. And um, and so, yeah, I think uh, I think it's some people, like, like, sometimes I'll see someone post something, and it's so inflammatory. And I can't even be upset at them because I, I feel like it's not their fault. Yeah. I feel like, you know, that they've just been driven crazy by it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you look at these, like, how there's people on, on YouTube and it's like, you know, a, like a mom and a, and a kid and she's like scolding him or like looking at his report card, like live on and turning it into like a YouTube series. And you're like, this is insane, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, if you're if you're just looking at it from from an objective standpoint, you're like, this is really weird. But I think those people just go, you know, well that 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 eight year old made you know forty million dollars on YouTube. We can do that too, right? And then <laughs> yeah. they just get they they go crazy from it. 
So, um, and uh, you know what the thing was? Uh, I don't think the, the anonymous internet and the real people were never supposed to like merge together. Because I grew up, you know, playing playing the video games and the internet and stuff, and everyone always just said the most horrible things, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was kind of the standard. And then all of a sudden, Twitter came along, and it mixed like real people with these anonymous video game people who think that you know who where they come from, it's 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 okay to say whatever they want, right? Yeah. And then the news started recording it, and it just like went it went crazy. <laughs> so, anyway. You clearly, yeah, you clearly <laughs> spend a lot of time. Comedy. Yeah, I know. But I was just going to say, too, like, you clearly spend a lot of time thinking on the bus, though, to, like, to realize this and to see these <laughs> things. Is that accurate? Well, on the bus, uh, well, I've just been quarantining. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, yeah. But, but, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe um, in a way, I, I can, you know, I'm in that on the bus in my mind sometimes or whatever. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it there uh, we're with you on the bus in your mind because uh, we covered uh, fantasy pizza. We covered uh, your crane machine skills. Uh, we covered uh, Vancouver and Ontario, like living Ontario, moving back to Vancouver. We covered quite a bit uh, in the time that we've hung out. Um, I think we did a good job. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Sam. Uh, no problem. So, yeah, so the album is um, the comedy album is by the slice and it is out on uh august 24 on 604 records and i assume that uh you i can post the links and stuff too but it'll be on spotify in the regular places right yeah it should be available at all the uh regular spots all right great thank you so much for your time uh Stuart. uh this has been fun uh we we did go over low <laughs> we did get into the more serious stuff with the internet uh but other than that we did have some fun so i appreciate your time so thank you Okay, yeah, thanks so much for listening to me, and thanks so much for having me, Sammy. I had a lot of fun, too. Take care. Take care. If you want to check me out, it's my pal Sammy at Twitter, Facebook, and IG. I do also uh, write a newsletter called My Pal Sammy. It's on Substack, so if you Google My Pal Sammy Substack, it'll show up. I'll be there all week. My Pal Sammy.